Um, and then over time, uh, like I said, for about 10 years, I did it as a hobby, some, some other investment, uh, real estate investment projects. And then um, with uh, the move that we made to Miami, um, while we were down there within the first few months that we were down there, I sort of had that epiphany moment of, uh, you know what, I'm going to do this full time because I had been really burned out uh, working in the advertising agency world for 18 years. I mean, it was great. I loved it. Most of that time I was single. And I what a year 2020 was. 2021 is here and I hope you're hitting the ground running. I know we are here at Dwelling. We've just got a deal on the contract. We're going to be closing on soon. For those that have joined us on that deal, um, you know what I'm talking about. If you are saying, what am I talking about? Then you need to take your investing game to the next level in this year. So make sure you join the Dwelling deal list, an exclusive deal list. Um, not only do you get access to our deals, quickly but you also get tips and tricks about you know how you can take your, your investing game to the next level this year so if you are not on the dwelling deal list click on the link in the show notes or just go to dwelling.com um, that's d-w-e-l-l-y-n-n.com or just go to investwithola.com and just sign up sign up sign up sign up Thank you so much for joining us on The Dwelling Show. I'm your host, Ola Dantes. I've got the amazing Matt Pacheni with us today. Hey, Matt, how you doing? I'm awesome, man. Thanks for having me on your show. No, glad to have you, actually. You've got an amazing story to share. Um, so let's definitely jump right into it. So Matt, just kind of tell our listeners, you know, who you are, what you've been doing, and kind of what you've been doing lately, actually. Yeah. So um, as you said, my name is Matt and I live uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, um, and I am a full-time real estate investor. Um, I've been investing in real estate for about 16 years at this point. I originally started off doing that part-time. Um, it was a, sort of a, a hobby of mine that I had. I, I used to live in New York City and I worked in uh, the advertising industry. And while I was doing that, while I had a, you know, a corporate job and was sort of climbing the corporate ladder, um, I did some real estate investing as really as a hobby, um, something that I enjoyed doing. I did that for about 10 years. And then um, my wife got a really cool job opportunity, which had us moving um, down to Miami, Florida. And with that move, um, I transitioned into doing real estate full-time. So it's been over five years now. Um, we were in Miami for just about two. We've been in, in Boston for a little over three at this point. And um, I've been doing real estate full-time. So what that means for me is, you know, uh, about 75% of my portfolio are deals that I've invested in passively as a, uh, as a limited partner in those deals. But the other 25% of my portfolio are deals uh, that, that either I own or deals that I have syndicated as a sponsor, um, you know, going out and I'm sure most people who listen to your to show are aware of what a syndication model is. But in case anybody's new, it's just when a bunch of investors get together, pool their resources so they can buy uh, larger properties, you know, sort of uh, properties that might be un otherwise unattainable. So, you know, that's basically uh what i do uh full time and um along with that 
Um, I've done some other sort of investing uh, with my wife on some theatrical endeavors, which is like a little kind of side thing that we like to do. And I'm also just in the midst of completing writing a book. Uh, we're in, uh, the manuscript is done and we are in a uh, editing phase. And so that'll come out a little bit later uh, this year, 2021. Um, so uh, very excited about that. Yeah, so definitely you've got a lot going on there. Um, I was trying to take some notes out on the side as well. So you worked in the hard industry, then obviously moved full-time, you said, into real estate syndication. So I'm just kind of curious though, you know, do you think some of your skills from the hard industry, do you, did you feel like that helped you or is that still helping you? Because um, syndication does require some kind of, I guess, marketing, right, you know, of the business and of yourself. Sure. So yeah, uh, if we drill in a little bit more to what I did when I was in the advertising industry, um, that will help uh, explain a lot of the skills that I have uh, acquired and, and, and sharpened and honed in that industry are directly transferable because what I did in the ad industry was I was a project manager. So I would look, work at these large um, companies, the, the, large advertising agencies, and we work for big companies like Verizon or Coca-Cola, IBM, you know, big, 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 big campaigns. And so there was many different people doing many different things. And my job as a project manager was to make sure things were getting done on time, on budget, and at the highest quality possible. So that on time and on budget and good quality, that, that directly translates to the operations on the real estate. Now, obviously real estate is a different industry. Um, and I had a bunch of experience 10 years having done real estate, um, but the, the project management and people skills are exactly the same. Yeah, I, I, I attained a, a special certification as a project manager, a PMP certification, which is done by this project management institute, which requires a certain amount of professional work having done that full-time and then uh, going through a, a, a course of studies and then a test and you know the whole thing so um I, i'm I, I i sort of have some training uh if if you will in that and then also from from having done it for about 18 years professionally i'm just very good at at managing projects and when you look at um you know the types of projects i was managing um you know we were talking about projects that were you know 10 20 30 million dollars of revenue for the ad agency and, and maybe the ad spend was, you know, in, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, so, and, and dealing with teams all over the place uh, in multiple countries. Um, and eventually over time, as I rose through the ranks in the corporate world, I started managing other people. So I started managing project managers and I would go and, and help them and coach them and, and, and work with them and mentor them. And so the work that I do now as an asset manager on, on the, the assets that we acquire, I have weekly meetings with our property management company. The property management company is there. They're the boots on the ground. They're in the leasing offices. They're dealing with tenants. Um, but I'm overseeing it just like a, I oversaw project manager. I'm now overseeing property managers, helping them, um, you know, finding out different ways that we can do things because as the owner or part of the ownership, uh, but the, a manager of the property, um, you know, I have different levers that I can pull. 
And so it, it's really all very, very much directly translatable. And then having worked in that industry for 18 years, uh, the marketing rubbed off on me, right? I mean, you can't be around something that much <laughs> and not learn, right? So like, right. I didn't go to school. I didn't go to college for uh, for advertising. I actually graduated uh, from college with a, with a degree in theater, right? Musical theater. But um, when you look at, uh, w- when you're around that, just through osmosis, you learn. So I do know some good marketing skills and I'm able to use those marketing skills um, with the properties, right? So making sure that there's a good property website, that we're doing the right things online, that we've got a good social media presence, all of those things I did for large brands and I can do for, uh, you know, for our properties. So that's, it's definitely helpful to have those skills. Yeah. So no, thanks for that. I just, I I thought we should just kind of highlight that real quickly, but I want to rewind all the way back actually, you know, so you had this, you know, yeah, this job, you, you, like you were saying, managing teams doing pretty well. Um, or, you know, at what point in your career did you start thinking of real estate and why? <laughs> well, that's a really good question. And it's not like um, there was just a light bulb moment. Um, there, was, uh, there was a light bulb moment where everything went full time. But, uh, you know, that's, that's part of what my book is about is sort of, uh, organically over time, uh, I sort of accidentally started investing in real estate, really. I mean, I, it, at first it was a primary residence um, that I had in, in, in uh, New York that uh, was not in the best part of town. I mean, it was fine, but it wasn't where I wanted to be. I, I was in a position where, where I needed to find a place to live and I decided to buy. I'd been renting uh, before that. And um, and within a period of a couple of years, uh, literally within just a little over two years, my investment in the property, my uh, equity in the property quadrupled, right? So uh, the, the price of the value doubled, but the, the actual equity quadrupled. So I then moved to uh, the part of town that I wanted to live in. And I was like, wow, this real estate, thing, this is incredible what happened in just two years. And so that's when I started doing it kind of as a hobby. Um, and then over time, uh, like I said, for about 10 years, I did it as a hobby, some, some other investment, uh, real estate investment projects. And then um, with uh, the move that we made to Miami, um, while we were down there within the first few months that we were down there, I sort of had that epiphany moment of, uh, you know what, I'm going to do this full time because I had been really burned out uh, working in the advertising agency world for 18 years. I mean, it was great. I loved it. Most of that time I was single. And I was fine with, you know, sort of burning the candle at both ends. I lived in New York City. It was great. It was exciting. I enjoyed it. You know, it was fantastic. But at this point now in my life, I had been married. I had a one-year-old child and uh, didn't necessarily want to be working like these crazy long hours. You know, I'm still a hard worker, but, you know, what? advertising agency in New York City, you know, you go into work at 9am and you're lucky if you leave by 9pm. You know, a lot of times you'll pull all all nighters if you've got a a big pitch that's coming up. I mean, it's a, it's a demanding job. And, you know, with a wife and and a kid, yeah, I wanted to be able to spend some time with them. Um, So uh, in, in the move down to Miami, there really were not a lot of large agencies down there. There are advertising agencies down there, but not a lot of big ones. I had been managing teams of like 
like I said, global down there, at least not at the scale uh, of what I had been doing. But more than that, I really was burned out and I had a passion for real estate and I was pretty good at it, uh, doing it as a hobby. I was starting to generate some nice passive income. And then I just sort of had this epiphany moment where why don't I go ahead and, you know, take, a, take, take my, I was actually listening to Hamilton which is a, you know, the musical, which, which my wife and I invested in. And then one of the theatrical things that we're invested in, I'm listening to it. I'm listening to the song, My Shot. And I'm, and I was also at the same time, not the exact same time, not simultaneously listening to two things at once, but I had been listening to uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki about creating passive income streams. And then I'm like listening to My Shot, take a shot, take a shot. And I was like, what am I doing? Like with this, you know, trying to get a job in advertising agency that I don't even like. I like the real estate. It'll help me create passive income. I should take a shot. Let me go for it. And um, and I talked my what with my wife about it. And I did. I went to 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 take a shot to to start doing it full time. And and here we are. You know, a little over five years later, I've created a significant amount of passive income through um, a lot of passive investments that I've made. Um, and also, you know manage a, a bunch of uh, properties that, that I've syndicated. So um, yeah, it's, it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. So you did take your shot. And if there's somebody listening um, on our <laughs> conversation and they're like, Hey Matt, I want to take my shot. I want to jump in and I want to go into the big leagues, right? You know, you've got, you know, a lot of properties you're managing. How did you take that jump? Like how, how did you take that shot? Sorry. How did you make that jump? What did you do yeah, exactly well, from a tactical perspective? Yeah. yeah. So um, there, there's a lot to unpack there too, right? But essentially, I spent uh, a, a couple of years uh, in Miami uh, as a sponge, um, just absorbing as much content as I could around this. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing is in my life, I'd done it before. I had moved to New York and went to musical theater school, right? And a conservatory. And I, I was not the musical theater guy. Like I, I liked musical theater stuff. I, I really wanted to be a rock star, but I just didn't have that really cool rock vibe, right? It just wasn't, it wasn't me. So I was a little, little more, I don't know, dorky or clean cut or whatever so, to, 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 to do that. So, but like most of my friends, like at the, you know, a musical theater conservatory, they're, they'd open up their CD collections and they'd have like Andrew Lloyd Webber and Stephen Sondheim. And I was like, I don't even know who those guys are. I had like Nirvana and the Beatles and Alice in Chains, right? It just was like a very different, a totally different thing. But I immersed myself in that and I learned it all during, during my time there. Um, <clears throat> and then when I got into the advertising world, when I, when I transitioned from theater over this was again an organic transition from theater into the digital marketing. That was when the internet was becoming big and, and becoming a thing. And I actually taught myself HTML and just started learning the, the you know JavaScript and CSS and then Cold Fusion and PHP, like whatever, all these different programming languages and how to use Photoshop and all of that stuff. And over a period of a couple of years, I really just dove in deep and immersed myself in that. So now here I am, sort of in the third genesis of myself diving deep i listened to podcasts a lot of podcasts at the time most of the podcasts were more around 
single family. There wasn't as many multifamily and syndication podcasts as they are now. I mean, I'm going back, you know, five years ago. And there were a couple, um, but there were other ones that were good that were, you know, maybe single family, but just had sort of changed my mindset looking at things, you know, becoming financially free versus debt free, different concepts like that, that I gleaned from listening to these podcasts and reading books, right? I read, a, I would get my hands on every book I could get. Uh, and then I started attending conferences. So I started going to, that was one of the things I took away from Rich Dad Poor Dad was, you know, he, Kiyosaki said somewhere in there about, you know, going to, to conference. The first conference I went to, I think was kind of sort of, I don't want to say it was a scam, but it was, it, it, I think it was a system that does work for particular people, but it was a big numbers game. It had to do with like tax liens and things like that. I mean, it was a good learning experience. I loved it, but um, that, that didn't really, you know, work out too well for me, but I learned a lot from that. Right. And um, I continued to learn and do things and grow. And when I stumbled upon syndication, started hearing about it on these podcast, I, I decided to go to a syndication conference and it kind of just snowballed from there. I ended up meeting people who were in a mentorship group and the, the guru guy was at one of the conferences and he spoke and I met him and I was like, oh, I like this guy and got to know him. And he was having a conference and I went to his conference and I ended up joining that group. Um, I, I really think that you have to be very, very careful when you're looking at joining um, one of these types of mentorship guru type of programs um, because there are a lot of charlatans out there. But I do think that if you vet it well uh, and you join a good reputable group, it can propel your career uh, very quickly. It can help you collapse timeframes um, and learn from mistakes that the people have already in the group. You, you, you're, you, if you have a, a coach or maybe you have a mentor, whatever it is, however the thing is structured, you're dealing with someone who has more experience. So you're actually able to sort of like leverage their experience um, and not make mistakes maybe that they've made. They can look at something and say, oh, you know, I, I did that once before. And let me tell you, I wouldn't do it that way. And here's why, right? So those groups can be very expensive to join. But I do think um, if you look at it as a secondary education, like going to college or going to a trade school, um, the prices are comparable, I think, um, an expensive one, but yes, somewhat comparable. And, um, but you learn the, the tools that you need to succeed. So that's one way to do it. You know, podcasts, books, uh, mentorship groups, conferences. I use all of those different tools to, uh, to, to, to learn. And, and then when we moved to Boston, I ended up doing a course of studies at, at Boston University to get a, you know, more formal education in it. Uh, I did two di different courses of studies uh, where I took many, many courses and got certificates. Um, and honestly, the multifamily stuff, I didn't really learn anything at Boston University. Not that the school isn't great and not that the course material isn't fantastic because it is, and I highly recommend that to people, but um, I had already learned a lot of that through the other, things that I had done. It was great for me. I learned about retail, industrial, office space, and I made some great connections here locally in Boston. It was a big part of it for me was networking, going and meeting people and talking about projects in Boston and learning Boston because I had never lived here before. 
Um, but that's another way you could do it is through a formal sort of education in a, a, a university setting. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's super interesting, actually. I've never thought of it that way. Like, you know, during like a it's like a course in a university, you get to meet the professors, you get to meet students who are in real estate. It might be different asset classes, but you, you need that connection regardless, right? You just never know where your next deal or equity might come from. Yeah, I think that's really good. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. So I think we should talk about a case study. Um, it could be a deal that you, maybe you were an LP on or maybe one of your, the deals that you're the, you're, you're the GP on. Just tell us a deal, you know, how did you find it? You know, how did you find it? How is it going? Or if you did exit, how did the exit go? Yeah, well, we can talk about a property that I had that we exited in kind of recently, a few months ago. It's called Sunrise Properties. Uh, it's located in Kansas. Um, it's in Lawrence, Kansas, which is uh, the, the town in America that is, is the most central. It's like almost the exact dead center of the country um, geographically, right? And um, I was looking in the Kansas City market. Um, Kansas City market's become kind of hot lately. At the time that I started looking there, it wasn't as hot. I mean, Kansas City is a good market. It's, there's nothing particularly fantastic about it. It's a good market. I like the market but there's nothing, it's not like a Dallas or an Orlando where you have this like massive growth, right? Um, but like, it's it's a fine market, right? I chose Kansas City because I used to be a professional actor for five years and I had done a show in Kansas City and didn't think I was gonna like it. I actually loved it. It was much more metropolitan than I thought it would be. And this, I'm going back like 20 years, right? Um, but it was a, it was a great, um, a great, wonderful city. And, um, so I always had kind of a little soft spot in my heart for Kansas City. And then a really good friend of mine, my college roommate, is one of my best friends on the planet. He, uh, he moved there with his family. So since he was living there, uh, and I, I had been looking in a couple of other markets as well, and, and was coming up a little dry, uh, not finding things where the, where the numbers made sense, I decided to check out that area because I figured, hey, worst case, uh, I'll get to hang out with my old buddy right? <laughs> um, and his family. And, 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 and best case, I can find something. So I started looking at some deals uh, just through the internet and looked at some deal flow and analyzed some deals. And they made, they were, the numbers were, were, were pretty good at the time. Again, they're not anymore, I don't think, but, but they were at the time. So I uh, made a trip out there and uh, started to develop really, you know, spent a week out there with my buddy and, and spent every day nine to five, you know, with brokers and property managers. And I did that many times. And uh, when I was back home here in Boston or in Miami originally, I, I would talk with them on the phone and really develop relationships with these brokers and property managers. Um, what ended up happening, I was looking at a few different deals. One of the property managers that I really liked, that I, I chose and that I wanted to work with, I had got, I was making an offer on a property and I was reviewing budgets and things with them. And it did, it wasn't going to work out. Like during the conversation, by the end of the conversation, I could just, I was like, man, this is just, this is not going to work. Like, you know, um, and the woman uh, on the other end of the phone, the regional, right, a property manager, she was like, well, listen, Matt, um, I know this one's not going to work out, but, but, you know, I just want to let you know, we have a client and uh, they have a property um, in Lawrence that they're looking to sell. 
And I was like, Lawrence, what's Lawrence? Like, I didn't, even, I didn't know what Lawrence was. So that I started researching Lawrence, Kansas. And, but what she said to me on the phone, she was like, if you want, I can put you in touch with the broker. And I said, sure. Which is a really good thing because this broker was like a more independent broker, wasn't at one of the big agencies, uh, you know, one of the big, uh, sorry, uh, you know, like real estate companies. And so I never met the person. And I've been spending a couple of years in Kansas City at this point, getting to know people, meeting people, networking. I never heard of this person. So I got to meet her and she doesn't do a heck of a lot of transactions, but this was one she was doing. And I looked at the transaction and I mean, it's a whole chapter in my book about how I acquired the property. It's a long story, but it, 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 it didn't, it wasn't like, oh, I looked at the property, I made an offer and it got accepted. There was a lot more to it than that. Um, but eventually I ended up getting that deal. So, um, and, and Lawrence is a great submarket, uh, great market. It's a, it's a different MSA. It's between Kansas City and Topeka, which is the capital of Kansas. So, um, but it was good. And we, we bought the property. We owned the property for a couple of years. We did a lot of work on it. Um, the, uh, it was a portfolio of two properties within a mile of each other. And um, it was 132 units. Purchase price was, was close to $10 million. One of the properties, the sidewalk in, in 50% of the property was like almost non-existent. It had crumbled down. It was like rum, rubble. You know, it was, it was, there was nothing. It was, it was literally like pebbles. So we, you know, that was like one of the first things we did. We, we poured concrete, you know, we made, and we fixed a lot of concrete everywhere in both properties. Um, we implemented a water conservation program. So the tenants were thrilled. Because the tenants now have someone coming in, actually giving them sidewalks, fixing up the landscaping, which we did, uh, and then going in and giving them brand new toilets, shower heads, and the aerators and the sinks. What it did was it, it reduced the price, uh, the their water bill by thirty percent. Now, if this had been an all bills paid property, it would have been fantastic for us as ownership because our expenses would have gone down. Now, this, that wasn't the case. The, the water bills were paid by the tenants. So the tenants saw the 30% savings on their water bill, but they were thrilled. Like, they're like, wow, these guys are coming in, they're fixing up the property, they're saving me money on my water bill, like this is amazing. So they were very happy. We had very high tenant retention, more than we had projected. Um, and, so we were having rent bumps that where people were just happy to pay more money for getting a much better quality property, but we didn't really put money into that particular unit. As units turned, we would, we would upgrade the unit and, and increase rents up to, to where we felt the market was uh, based on our market survey, because when we bought the property, the, the rents were way, 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 way below market. You know, such that, like I said, tenants were happy to pay more because they were still getting the best deal in town and had a property that was really kind of on the up and up at this point. Um, and so we ended up uh, selling the property. It did very well. Um, we were getting approached by a number of brokers with people who wanted to buy the property. We, we ended up putting it out on the market. We had a very large prepayment penalty that we would have had to pay because of the yield maintenance we had on the deal. Um, so we made it re really clear with the brokers that someone needed to assume our loan. Um, so someone came in, did a loan assumption and, you know, our projection, well, I'm not supposed to talk about projections. Um, we'd have to, 
uh, I think that can be considered by the SEC as conditioning mm. the market, right? So I'm not allowed to really discuss it in detail. You can give us a range. Just, well, I, what I can say is that we 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 exceeded, we farly exceeded what our projections were. I can tell you that. And our projections were, were, were nice, healthy projections that our investors, that was appealing to investors. And so the fact that we surpassed them uh, made our investors very happy. And, you know, look, not all projects are going to go like that. Uh, but that, that's, that is a project that we have. We, we have another project that we should be closing on the sale. Uh, so going full cycle on that one in a couple of weeks, and we'll be making a very handsome profit on that as well, higher than what our projections were. So, you know, uh, we've, we've done well um, so far uh, on these properties. So your book, uh, got to talk about your book. What is it called? And you said it's sure. coming out. Um, just tell us a little bit about the book um, for our listeners. So the book should be coming out um, probably around the middle of the year-ish. Uh, it really depends. I'll, I'll know more in a couple of weeks. Uh, right now, it's just, we got to see how much editing we really are going to need to do. I don't think we're going to need to do that much. It's big, we've got, we've already done a number of rounds before we finalize the manuscript. So we feel really good about it. But the other thing is we don't have a title yet. Uh, <laughs> we will soon, but we wanted to get through this initial, there's, there's actually like three rounds of editing. So this is really interesting because I've been learning a lot. Uh, about this whole process. So there's like this uh, first bit of editing, which we're doing right now, which is like content, which is like story editing, where we're going to find if there's pieces that are missing in the story or there's holes or there's things that people don't understand. Um, uh, we'll be working on that, finalizing that. Then at that point, we'll come up with the title. Then we'll go into line editing or copy editing where they kind of go line by line and fix certain lines. And then there'll be the third and final part which is not really editing, it's proofing, right? We'll be doing two rounds of proofreading to make sure we didn't write F-O instead of of, you know, like little typos and things like that, right? Um, uh, maybe grammatical errors or misspellings, those kinds of things in the, in the proofreading phase. So those phases take time. Then we have to go into the publishing and all of that, but we'll, we'll have the title while we're doing sort of the line editing, the copy editing portion of it. And that's when we'll start working on a book cover and all of that stuff. So nice. that's about fun. a month or Yeah, it is. It's exciting. It's about a month or two out, I think, from that. Uh, so I don't have a title yet. But no um, it's about uh, my journey in real estate. And um, through the book, readers will be able to take away um, keystone concepts that are spelt out in the book to help them uh, if they're interested in investing in real estate. So it's really geared more towards a passive investor than necessarily somebody who wants to syndicate. Although I think through hearing my story and the syndications that I've done and things like that, syndicators will get value out of it. But I think the people who it's going to be most impactful for, for are people who are interested in investing passively in deals. And then at the end of the book, I put in a, a whole section on um, how to vet a passive investment. And sort of the way that I go about looking at an investment, because like I said, 75% of my portfolio deals I passively invested in. How do I look at that? How do I vet those people? And so I talk about that. Fascinating. No, thanks for, for sharing that. Um, we're definitely, definitely dwelling into the quick rounds. So these are going to be quick questions, quick answers. Okay. You ready, sir? 
I hope so. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right. First question: um, <laughs> What makes you Matt unique? What is that differentiating factor that separates you from the next guy or the next girl? Uh, I think my attention to detail, right? That project management thing, be able to kind of really dive in and get into details on something. Awesome. What was the last book that you read, and what was the one thing that you picked up from that book? Um, you know, I, I, I really liked uh, the One Thing, which is a Gary Keller book. Uh, I, I know a lot of people uh, talked about that book, and I had heard a lot about it. And what I learned from that is that you, you really can't multitask. You know, I mean, people like to say that they're doing it. It's really hard. The best thing to do is to focus uh, on, on particular things um, uh, at, at any given time. So uh, I think uh, it's, it's a great book if, if any of your listeners haven't read it. Yeah, definitely agree. Final question. I know you're obviously you're up in Boston.、Um, you've got your family. You're obviously writing this book. You're a busy man. You're asset managing. What do you do for fun? Oh, for fun? I do a lot of different things for fun. First off, I've got two young kids that keep me very, very busy.、Uh, two two girls. So、uh, we do lots of things that that uh, uh, a a you know I mean they're they're one's almost four and then the other one's six so you could imagine we 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 do a lot of things involving princesses and animals and and art projects and running around outside and running around inside and being crazy so that I do that、um, I, I'm very passionate about、uh, the arts、um, I love 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 music. And I love theater.、Uh, that's what my wife does full time. We go and see a lot of、uh, shows.、And、right now, we're in the middle of COVID, so we haven't seen anything in a while.、Um, but my wife and I will see a lot of things、uh, here in Boston. And we also go to New York all the time. We spent, you know, twenty-five. I spent twenty-five years in in New York, so I spent a lot of time there. And we we actually. I've, I've co-produced some shows on Broadway、um, and and have invested in Broadway shows and go see those all the time. So yeah, you know, the music scene in Boston is awesome. So I go and see lots of live shows. And so music, theater, like arts type of things、uh, are, are things that I'm really into and interested in. Awesome, awesome. So if there's somebody you know thinking, hey, I, you know, I really like this Matt guy, I want to reach out. What's the best place people can reach out to you, get connected with you, get to know you better? Yeah, the best thing to do, I think, is to go to my website, which is mjppg.com.、Uh, on there, you can sign up for a newsletter. You can fill out a contact form. You can also there's a direct link to my email from that website, and my direct email is matt m a t t at mjppg.com. So just go to the website or shoot me an email. I love talking with people about real estate. It's my favorite subject. So. Whether you have zero experience or you own a million doors,、um, you know I love chatting with people about it. So feel free to reach out.、Wow. Oh, and also sign up for the newsletter on the website to get some information about the book. We're going to be doing some really cool, exciting things gearing up for this book launch, including free giveaways. We're going to take some beta readers if you're interested. All kinds of really fun giveaways. So. Definitely sign up for the newsletter to get more info on the book that's coming up soon. Ah, you're a legend! Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. <laughs> Thanks, Ola. It's a pleasure to be on here,、um, and, and I, I've enjoyed getting to know you. 
You may have heard the phrase, there are a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars in real estate. Well, now you can actually tune into the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast with over a thousand, believe it, or a thousand podcasts and still going. The best real estate investing advice ever show is hosted by a very good friend of mine, Joe Fellers. Joe talks to influential thought leaders. We share the best advice ever with none of the fluff. You've got to check this stuff out. So listen and subscribe at bestevershow.com. That's bestevershow.com.